0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alhamdulillahi <laughs> Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidil anbiya'i wal Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man istanna bi sunnatihi ila yawmiddin. Allahumma ja'ala minhum wa minal ladhina amanu wa amilu salihaat. Watawasaw bil haqqi. Watawasaw bil sabr. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. أما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فبما رحمة من الله لنت لهم ولو كنت فضا غليظ القلب لن من حولك فاعف عنهم واستغفر لهم وشاورهم في الأمر فإذا عزمت فتوكل على الله إن الله يحب المتوكلين رَبِشْرَحْ لِصَبْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي رَبِّ Tonight again we speak about our beloved Muhammadur Rasulullah sallam and what I want to share with you tonight is a little bit different from the other sessions. In previous sessions when we spoke about him salam we spoke about the honor that Allah has given him and the status that Allah عز wa has given him. Today and in the few coming sessions I'm going to dedicate some time to talk about how his relationship is with us. And the kind of love and the kind of care and concern he has for ourselves. And this is an important part of understanding who Rasulullah is wasallam. And the first example of that that I want to give you from the Qur'an belongs to Surah Ali imran This is the third surah of the Qur'an. And uh, it's, a, it's the, you know, the, uh, one of the largest surahs of the Qur'an. And in this surah, there's a huge section of ayat dedicated to what happened after the battle of Uhud. So the second time the Muslims... Uh, fought with the Quraysh after Badr the second time, Uhud. We suffered a great deal of losses, and at that time, this you know, about 60 or so ayat of this surah were given as a commentary for the Muslims to understand what they suffered and what, what the events that happened. And this is a side note, but an important one for everyone to understand and a reminder for myself. You know how when some big event happens, people turn on the news, yeah, and they want to understand, okay. This happened, how do we understand it, what are the implications of it, what are the consequences of it, what should we expect in the future, what does it mean for me? So people tune into the news and these experts come on and they give you their analysis, yeah? In the time of Nabi ﷺ, when a major event would happen, Allah would send his analysis. So you don't go to an expert to understand what happened, Allah's Quran sheds light on the events. So, because the events are so immediate and so shocking, like the loss of the Muslims in the battle of Uhud, the tremendous losses that we suffered, it's you're too shocked to really understand what's going on. Allah Azza wa Jalla reveals His commentary and His analysis. And this is something that happened recurringly in the Qur'an. In any case, just a brief understanding of what's going on in, in Uhud. You see, in Badr, the, the Quraysh thought that these Muslims... What are they from Medina? Most of them are farmers and they, they, they're people who ran away from here. They don't even have weapons. We can easily just annihilate them. And plus there's three times more, more than three times the army. So for every one of theirs, there's three of us and they're armed. So there's no way they're going to win. But they lost. And when they lost, it sent shockwaves across the entire region. All the tribes in the region used to respect the Quraysh as the undefeated people. Nobody messes with Quraysh. And now, a small group, one-third the size, barely armed, was able to humiliate the Quraysh. And not only that, 70 of their most important people were killed in Badr. So when they go back, they're humiliated in Mecca. Their women are taunting them and crying, what kind of men are you, this and that. And they this, now they want revenge. They're bloodthirsty. Before they were arrogant like we can easily win. But you know, when they go lax into the war and they don't realize how serious the fight is going to be, how seriously Muslims are taking it, now they're this time around they're upset. And they were actually so angry that they said this time we will not turn back until we defeat the enemy. And the way to guarantee that is we will take our women into the battlefield. We'll take our women because if they start defeating us, we know that they'll capture our women. We can't have that, so they'll guarantee that we will not go away until we win, we, either we win or we die, they brought their women into uhud. They actually even brought their women into uhud. And so they go into this battlefield like armed to the teeth. And yet still they're being defeated. The famous story that I'm going to f- briefly summarize for you to help us understand the real subject. The real subject is our relationship with Rasulullah wasallam. Right, so Rasulullah takes appoints a number of archers on top of a hill, and that's a strategic position. Because when the enemy comes in with their horses, their cavalry and their soldiers, they're getting shot down by arrows and they have no way to respond to the attack from above. So it's a strategically advantageous position from all sides, 360 degrees. So the enemy can't come from behind or the other side, they're they're locked in. And now the Muslims on the ground, under the hill, are actually crushingly defeating the enemy and every time they go try to go around they're getting shot by arrows so they, they have nowhere to go so they're losing pretty badly Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam understood that this, this, the, the, the hilltop position is critical so he tells those companions that were assigned on top of the hilltop don't leave this position even if you see birds eating from our corpses don't leave that position meaning under no circumstances should you abandon your post as soldiers when the Quraysh started losing, they're running and they're leaving, they're even running for their life so they t- drop their shield so they can run faster. And they drop their sword so they can run faster. So they're leaving their stuff behind. And when the Muslims saw this, you know, when you see the enemy running, what do you start thinking? We won. We won. And they're taking their horses and they're making a run for it. So we're time to celebrate. So a number of the soldiers that were on the hill are ready to celebrate, let's go grab their shields and their swords and everything else, because that's what you do after war, you take the spoils of war. And their commander told them, no, 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 Rasulullah وسلم said, you can't go down. And they said, no, you misunderstand. He said, don't go down if we're losing. But we won. It's okay, we can go down. That's not that's not a disobedience to the instruction of Rasulullah وسلم." So they start heading down the hill, running down the hill, a huge number of them. Now when they start running down the hill, what happens is before you could defend the hill from all sides. But now a number of them have gone down the hill, so you cannot defend it from all sides. You see? Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu was not a Muslim yet. As a matter of fact, he was one of the commanders of the enemy forces. And when they were retreating, he's riding his horse, running away. He looks back, he sees them coming down from the hill. His brain trick is a military genius. He sees an opportunity. He says they compromised their position. So he took his horses and his men, they came all around the other side, from the other side where they could no longer defend the hill because they already come down the hill, most of them. And so they took over the hill. And as a result, they called for a re, you know uh, a resurgence of the attack. And the Muslims were not expecting this because they didn't expect enemies coming from the side that's already defended. You see, it's as if you're fighting from the front door and somebody opened the back door. You see, And now the Muslims are getting attacked from all sides and there's absolute chaos. 69 or 70 or so companions of the Prophet ﷺ are killed. At one point, the people that were even surrounding the Messenger ﷺ started getting killed one by one. They had to create a human shield to protect the Prophet of Allah ﷺ. His uncle was killed. You know, uh, uh, Wahshi saw Hamza ﷺ from a distance and Wahshi was told, go into this war, if you can kill that man then I'll free you. He was told by Hind, Abu Sufyan's wife, if you kill him, I'll free you. And he was very good with a spear. He saw Hamza from a distance, he shot his spear, the spear went right through him. And he said, I waited over his body until he was dead, and I took my spear out and I left. So that's the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. Mus'ab ibn Umair, who was sent to Medina. He was sent to Medina to teach people Qur'an. He's actually the ambassador... Of the Rasulullah the first ambassador of the Messenger of Allah to Medina. The Qur'an was heard in Medina because of Mus'ab ibn Umair And he was the one responsible for holding the flag of the Muslims. Because you know when the flag falls, it means the army has been defeated. He's holding the flag. And the enemy got to him and they chopped his arm. They seriously cut his arm and he couldn't feel his arm anymore. And he grabbed it with his other hand and they chopped the other hand. And then he had to, whatever was left of his arms, he hugged it. So he could hold the flag of Islam up. And they arrowed they him to death and he died. And this, he was a shaheed. So you have enormous losses among the Muslims. And at one point, Rasulullah was hit. And he was hit so hard on the face, his tooth fell out. He started bleeding in the mouth and he fell on the floor unconscious. And the rumor spread that the Messenger of Allah has been killed sallallahu wasallam, Because people don't see him moving. And there's absolute chaos in the in the army. And finally, Rasulullah sallallahu wakes up and he calls the believers to march up the other hill because now they have the Muslims now have to retreat to defend themselves. And so the Rasulullah sallallahu is calling them to go up the hill. And some of them are in chaos, running in every direction. And Quran says, "If when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was calling you back to the battle and you were running." You know, and you weren't even turning back to look who's there, because the chaos had already spread. We, we struck you with calamity on top of calamity. This is Allah's description of what happened at Uhud. And so finally when Rasulullah ﷺ and some of the companions escaped and went up the, the mountain, and the enemy couldn't follow them anymore, Abu Sufyan at the bottom started talking trash. He started praising their gods that they worship in Quraysh, that those gods were with us. And Rasulullah responds to him and says, Allahu Allah is our protecting God. He's our mawla, He's our protector, and you have no protector. So they, they felt like they took revenge for Badr and they left. Then they left. You know, they, they, they feel better about themselves now, you see. And by the way, who did they bring with them? They brought women with them. Even their leader, Abu Sufyan, brought his wife with him, and her name was Hind. And she wanted Hamza dead. And Hind and some of the other women, they went around trying to cut up and mutilate the bodies of the soldier, Muslim soldiers that were dead. That's how much they hated the Muslims. So they found the body of Hamza رضي الله And she cut his ears and his nose. And she cut his heart out and even chewed on it. And spit it out. And when Rasulullah came to the body of Hamza رضي anhu, his beloved uncle, that's what he found. That's what he found. All of this happened because some people left their position. Yes or no? All of this. And the, it's not just a defeat for the Muslims. You see, we killed, the Muslims killed 70 of theirs in Badr. And now they pretty much killed 70 of ours at Uhud. And that's not because we weren't good enough. And it's not because we didn't fight hard enough. It's because a command of the Messenger وسلم, was broken. And Allah Azza wa when He comments on this, multiple times He says, you know, Multiple times in these ayat Allah says, you made a mistake, Shaitan got you, Shaitan made you slip, you saw something you love and you came down, but Allah has forgiven you. Allah has forgiven you. Allah has forgiven you. Has forgiven you. Multiple times Allah told them in the Quran that Allah has forgiven them. But even if Allah forgives you There's two kinds of forgiveness There's forgiveness on the day of judgment And there's forgiveness in this dunya You understand? If somebody steals in Islam If somebody steals If somebody commits a crime Right? There's a punishment And their punishment is different from Seeking the forgiveness of Allah Azza wa Jal Justice in this world is something else And forgiveness of Allah in the Akhirah is something else Allah gave these soldiers a gift He said, I have forgiven you but that doesn't mean they didn't break military discipline. They didn't cause many lives in this life, you see. When somebody has committed a crime, like you know, remember the famous story of the woman who had committed zina and admitted it to the Prophet and she insisted that she should be punished. Even though she had made tawbah. And Rasulullah told us that her tawbah was enough to get the entire city of Medina forgiven. Right? Even though she was punished in this life, you understand? So the forgiveness of Allah is for the Akhirah. But this world needs justice. This world needs justice. And there were soldiers that were killed because of the neglect of other soldiers. So if Rasulullah sallam is going to meet these archers, those soldiers that had the arrows, that disobeyed, or they can say we misunderstood, right? They could say that it was an honest mistake, we misunderstood. We thought we shouldn't come down in case we lose. But we thought that we were... Winning, so that's an honest mistake. But now that they have to come and present themselves before the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu after what has happened. Can you imagine the kind of weight and guilt those companions felt that were standing in front of Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam after the after he was almost killed, after his beloved uncle was killed, after his dear Mus'ab ibn Umayr was killed, and 60 some others were killed. Can you imagine? And now they're standing in front of him. And Allah Azza wa Jal reveals something about the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa He says, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ It is by the incredible, an incredible act of love and care that can only come from Allah that you are lenient towards them. You are soft with them. You know this ayah begins with Allah is so merciful And one of the great acts of Allah's mercy Subhanahu wa ta'ala Is that Rasulullah Sallallahu Is very soft towards the believers Now when he says Lahum Towards them The ulama comment This is the entire ummah But that entire ummah includes the archers Yes or no? And everybody in the ummah at the time Is angry at who? These are, what have you done? What kind of damage did you you almost got the messenger killed? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know? So everybody's angry at them. And Allah begins the statement with, It is Allah's love and care that you happen to be extremely lenient towards them already, and you have been. Let me put this in perspective for you. If it was any other general any other general and those soldiers came in front of him, what's he going to do? He's going to have them court martialed. They might even be executed. They might even be executed for this mistake. You understand that? And that's not because the general is harsh, that's just military law. That's just how it's supposed to be. And now, Rasulullah is there. And by the way, if you, if you come to a general, you say, I know you want to punish them, because I know you're a tough general, but forgive them. Allah didn't say to the Messenger وسلم, "I know you're angry, I know you almost got killed, I know your beloved uncle has been mutilated. I know Mus'ab has died. I know the sahaba have died. I know you're upset, but still forgive them. That's not what Allah said. Allah said, I already know that by my special mercy and love, you already want to be lenient towards them. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's unimaginable that in that scenario, our Messenger sallallahu wasallam, is already lenient towards the ones who did this. Before Allah even said anything. Before Allah even said anything. As a matter of fact, he was reluctant, you can argue, he was reluctant to openly forgive them, because if he forgives them, other sahaba might get upset and say, why did they get away with it? This is terrible. Because the Muslims were already upset when they were going into battle, 300 of the Muslims walked away with the the munafiqoon. So now there's the hypocrites, and now there's these guys, they've caused us twice the damage. And we're just gonna walk, they're gonna let them walk away? It hurts the morale of the army. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wants to forgive them, but he's not sure if he can. And so Allah reveals, Allah forgave them for the akhirah, Allah forgave them, Allah forgave them, and Allah already knows, and Allah, it's by special love and care of Allah that you are soft towards them. So what does he say? فضل فضل and had you been tough, Favd means difficult to deal with, intimidating, it's a sour. You know when you, they, they even favd was described even if somebody was dying of thirst and they didn't find any water and they gut the, 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 the camel and they drank the fluid that came out of its belly. It tastes disgusting but at least they won't die. Like if that, and that feeling of experiencing something disgusting is called favd. Rasulullah has told Sallallahu if you were a tough leader that made people feel bad, al الْقَلْبِ If you were tough-hearted, if you issued verdicts and that's it, the punishment comes and that's it, a tough judge. Allah says, لَنْفَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ They all, all the sahaba, would have run away from you. The reason they are close to you is because of the love and care that you show to them. That's what brings them to you. Can you imagine in this ayah? Allah did not say the sahaba come to you because you deliver the truth. The sahaba come to you because you are the Messenger of Allah. Because of the Quran. Because of the dawah, because of the evidence, because of the miracle. No. He said they come to you and they stick with you because of how loving and soft you are towards them. That's why they stick with you. We say, we follow the Sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah says that those people that were willing to die for Him, the number one reason they couldn't leave His side is because of how much He loved them and how soft He was towards them. Now you tell me, how much love and softness do we show in our character with the people that we deal with? How loving and soft are husbands towards their wives, or wives towards their husbands, or parents towards their children, or people towards each other? Even when we say Assalamu alaikum towards each other, we make it look like I hope you fall down the stairs. Assalamu <laughs> alaykum, alaykum salam. This is how we give each other looks the, This is the same religion this is the, And the sunnah, is, the sunnah to us Is how somebody is dressed The sunnah to us is You know, you know the, the Coming and praying early in the masjid These are sunnahs What about the sunnah of loving the fellow believer The sunnah that Allah says Came from the special love and mercy of Allah Himself Where did that sunnah go? Why, don't any, why doesn't anybody care about that sunnah? And as a matter of fact, somebody prays next to you and your hands were over here and their hands were over here and you first, of all, you only want to elbow them or move them down or move them up. But after they're done, brother, akhi, that's not how you pray. This, this is how you correct people? This is how you talk to people? And that's because salah is serious, a serious mistake. Really, is that more serious of a mistake than those archers on top of a hill? Is that more serious of a mistake? And Allah says to, the, to, to Rasul I know you want to forgive them, I know you're lenient towards them. So He says, Fa'fu عَنْهُمْ Then you should pardon them lovingly also. Allah has already said multiple times what? That He forgave them. Now He tells His Messenger, Go ahead, you can forgive them too. It's okay, you can forgive them. And He doesn't stop there. With Allah Himself, He said He forgave them. With Rasulullah He didn't say one thing, He said three things. Can you imagine? Allah Himself said about those believers that He's forgiven them and that's it. But Allah's messenger was told, number one, forgive them, as Allah already has. But that's not enough. wastaghfir lahum. Listen to this carefully. wastaghfir lahum. Ask Allah to forgive them. Now let me tell you what, th- this is important, let me tell you what that means. You know if you're talking to somebody in public, and if somebody, like if, imagine somebody got up and started criticizing me. And I say, may Allah forgive you. When I say, may Allah forgive you, I'm not making dua for them, I'm insulting them. You understand that? If I really wanted Allah to forgive them, I would be making dua for them, not when I'm in front of other people, but when I'm by myself. You understand? Rasulullah is being told, not only should you forgive them, but when you are alone with your Rabb, make dua that Allah forgives them. Now can you imagine our messenger making dua for the people who caused his family death, who caused his companions death, Allah Azza wa Jal and Allah is telling us that's not an expectation from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's actually something He already wants to do. He's already got that softness. Anybody else, you would have to convince them. Can you please make dua for them? He said, "I don't know. I'll try." It's not that's not an easy thing. Compare this. Compare this to Ya'qub Alaihi Salam. Wasn't he angry at his sons who caused Yusuf to be taken away? And at the end, Yusuf's sons apologized. Right? When they apologized, he didn't say, I'll make dua for you right now. He said, "Sofa astaghfirullakum rabbi. I'll eventually make dua for you. I'll eventually ask Allah to forgive you. Right now, I'm too mad. Too upset. Compare that to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah tells us that even though this serious mistake happened, He in His solitude is making dua for them. Astaghfir I'll seek Allah to forgive them. Ask Allah's forgiveness for them. And then that's not enough. That's not enough. Our messenger's love for us is so high, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the love that Allah put in him for this ummah is so beyond imagination. Let me tell you, just if I if I can get this across to you, I've, maybe I've done, I i can not possibly do justice to this, but I hope I can explain this to you in some some form that you can take with you. You see, if somebody hurt your feelings, or if somebody disappointed you, if somebody caused you harm, even if you forgave them, let's say you forgave them, that was step one. And then step two was what? When you're alone, you make du'a for them. Okay, that's step two. That's pretty good. I mean, that's almost mission impossible for most of us. But even if you get that far, there's another step. The other step is, that person who you forgave, they still feel a little bit of guilt. And they feel like before this mistake, you used to be a lot closer to me, you used to talk to me a lot more, you used to ask of my opinion, you used to discuss things with me, now I notice even though you've forgiven me, it's not the same as it used to be before. There's some difference. It's only human. I mean, I forgave you, and I make dua for you, but I'm still hurt. So it can't be exactly the way it used to be, a scar is still a scar, you see. Allah tells His Messenger wasallam, these sahaba, who come to you because of your love for them, let them feel so much love from you, that they don't even feel that you have a scar left. So what should you do? fil Take their consultation whenever you're about to make a decision. Think about that. Take consultation from those who almost cost us the battle. You would think, the last people whose opinion I will ask is these people. If they raise their hand, everybody else, why don't you put your hand down before you open your mouth. <laughs> and Allah doesn't say, if they raise their hand, if they want to give an opinion, listen, He said, you ask them for their opinion. You go to them and ask their opinion. So they can feel, Rasulullah wasallam didn't just forgive me, doesn't just make dua for me, he still values me. He still values me. He doesn't think less of me. وَشَاوِرْهُمْ fil amri. Can you imagine Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when he makes a decision, he makes a decision from wahi. Allah tells him what to do. No, but he, when he needs a consultation, who does he got, get consultation from? From Allah. And Allah tells him to make their hearts softer, get their consultation. Seek their opinion. And once you seek their opinion, then you decide what you want to do. Fāida azamta, Then when you reach the final decision, then you put trust in Allāh, whatever decision it is. But do genuinely seek their consultation. This is a standard for how much our Messenger sallallahu alaihi Not he doesn't. Is this is not an ayah about how much he loves the best of us? It's not an ayah about those who worship Allāh the most, or those who show him those who he's proud of. This is his love for those that have disappointed him sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is the sunnah of our nabi alayhi wasallam you know and just it just fathom that how much love our messenger has for us alayhi and what that means for you and me what that mean we can never compete we can never compete with that but i can remind myself and remind you of something allah's messenger alayhi wasalam has so much love for anyone who has La ilaha illallah inside them? Who has Muhammad or Rasulullah inside them? That actually, even though they made a mistake, it doesn't erase all the good that they did. Those same Sahaba who made a mistake also left their families behind, didn't they? Those same Sahaba that made a mistake also sacrificed money, also believed. They were also made fun of by becoming Muslim. They were also rejected by their families. They also did things for for this deen. And their mistake does not erase all of their good. It doesn't erase that. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, is begging Allah, Ya Allah, this mistake is there. It was caused. But other than that, these, these are still my people. They're good people. They still have good in them. They still have good in them. One Sahabi I should have mentioned, out of honor, I will mention him, anhu, who died in Uhud. I'll say one thing about him and I'll conclude. And anhu, when he was killed, the, they, the sahaba found his body above, little bit above the ground and wet, dripping with water. And they came to Rasulullah and said, why is, he, why is he wet? You see what happened was, right before Uhud he got married. Right before Uhud. And he was with his wife the night before. And when the announcement was made, we're going into battle, he didn't even take a bath, ghusl. And he went into battle. And the messenger told us, sallallahu that the angels are bathing him before he goes and meets with Allah That's that's <laughs> And can you imagine the pain of his spouse? And then those companions who felt that pain, they are being taught the love and care of Rasulullah sallallahu This is why Allah says to the ummah, the ayah that begins with Muhammadur Rasulullah, al amanu ashidda' al-waladina ma'hu al-kuffar ruhama Muhammad the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and those who are with him, they may be tough against the enemy, but they are loving and caring between each other, no matter what. No ruhama' baynahum. May Allah azza wa jal make us live that love of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam by showing love and care and mercy towards one another. Barakallahu li walakum fi quranil hakim wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikri al